Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Yes, this is Shouts of Grace Radio. I'm Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church with... Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. Yes, we're both uh, glad to be with you today. So thankful that you've taken this moment to join us as we continue to talk about Jesus, talk about the Bible, talk about how it all relates to life. And uh, we've been on a, a series now called Bible Difficulties. We've talked about who God is. We've talked about eternity last time, and I encourage you to go online to shoutsofgraceradio.com if you miss that episode and listen to us discuss and wrestle with the, the question of, is Jesus really the only way, the only way to have a relationship with God? In that conversation, Pastor Steve, we brought up your problem, and that is you're a sinner. <laughs> you're a sinner, uh, and, and it's, it's a pretty bad situation for you, Pastor Steve. Um, but holding up the mirror of God's Word, we also realize that's my problem too. Matter of fact, that is the problem of every person within a listening range of this episode, but every person ever born, every person who will ever be born has this same problem that Paul says we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short of the uh, glory of God. We've all missed the mark. We've all messed up. We, we're all sinners. Mm. And, and over and over and over again, from the very beginning, we are wrestling with this idea of a perpetuating nature mm. that goes from generation to generation, like no generation can escape it. And, and it all began with a character, actually two characters, in Genesis chapter 3. And, and it continues to impact us today. And some may ask the question, is this, really, is this really true? Am I really paying for Adam's sins? Am I really paying for Eve's mm. failure? Whose fault was it that we got into this mess? And, and how, do, how do we actually deal with it? John, in 1 John, he actually writes to the Christians, um, you know, who, who he's addressed his letter to. He, he goes back and forth between this, this reality. If you say that you have no sin, you're essentially calling God a liar. You're essentially going against the truth. And then he says, but if you, if you do sin, we have this advocate, you know, Jesus Christ the righteous. And Jesus is the one, he's the... That if we do sin, we can confess our sins. And Jesus, you know, is the propitiation. We talked a lot about that in the last episode. So here's a, here's a difficult question, Pastor Steve, and and I'm I'm pretty confident that that the Word of God speaks to this, and we we can unpack it as best as we can in this conversation. Am I really paying for Adam's sins? I mean, is this is this really like a DNA? Is this passed on for? Whose fault is this? Why am I a sinner? You know, why why do I have to pay the price for somebody else? You know, who, whose fault is it really? It's it's our fault. It, it's there's personal culpability. There's personal responsibility for it. And you, you can't, you know, you can't thrust your sin or the consequences of your sin on somebody else. It, you know, I'm I receive the consequences of my own sin, right? Um, but there is a there, there is a, a catch to that that I think people need to understand um, as far as what took place in the garden, right? Um, in Genesis chapter 3, 
you know, God had in Genesis 2, God had commanded man that they could eat of every tree in the garden except for one, right? Mm-hmm. And and he was very clear about that. In the day that they would eat um, that, if they chose to do so, they would die, right? And and so there became consequences for that. So So when Eve had a conversation with the serpent, which is never a good idea, by the way, right. <laughs> you know, and chose to disobey God. Um, it's interesting. We can answer this question as well. Then gave to her husband and, and Adam ate sin entered the world and mankind died. Their spirit died. Their soul was still alive, but that part that communes with God um, was, was expressed in a separation where God kicked them out of the garden Mm. and really walking with God in the cool of the day was over in Mm. that sense, that, Mm. that tangible sense. Right. And then man began with a very corrupted nature. Now, now let's say, let me make this clear sin. You know, when people can live a, a, a pure quote unquote, a pure and innocent life, Keith, where they're kept from sin, they're kept from the surroundings of sin and, and never know practically what some of that sin entails, right? And the consequences of that sin. But the reality is because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, specifically Adam, the 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 nature of man was corrupted. Mm-hmm. So the propensity to sin, the desire to sin, everything that you need to sin is now it's it's inside of man basically mm-hmm. right and so so when we say for instance that sin entered the world through a man a lot of times people kind of question that they're like well wait a minute eve ate first right, right? well right. what's going on with that you know why don't you blame her why do you you know and 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 i understand and and this is kind of a kind of a blow to to perhaps maybe some people that are on onto the women's liberation movement and so forth because because then that would've been in the case but here's the thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 and 4 God actually says that the head of the woman is man and the head of man is Christ right and so when you go into the garden God holds Adam responsible right. for the sin, right? Not Eve. He holds now. Yes, she's 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 accountable for it because you see that when he renders the judgments. But why was Adam held accountable? And and I think if we go into Genesis two, we kind of have our answer that God spoke to Adam mm-hmm. those words, right. right? And Adam's responsibility was to communicate that then to his wife. But Adam had specific command not to do this. And so sin entered through him and then the corruption right there took root of man. And yeah. so so when we talk about like we talked about in our last episode when we talk about Jesus being the um being the only way, this is what it's referring to that right. that it's not just covering Adam's sin. I know there's some people that think, well he just covers Adam's sin and then you got to work your way to cover your own. No, he covers the, the the corporate the corporate sin that came into the world through Adam and spread to all men, and that's right. what and that's what Romans talks about that sin in the world and spread to all men for all men have sinned. I want to do a footnote and a side note. The footnote is when you look at the significance of the virgin birth uh, of Jesus Christ through Mary, you are looking at a breaking of the generational inheritance of sin. Right. Instead of a human man conceiving with a woman, now you have the Holy Spirit causing conception in Mary of the only begotten Son of God, so that way the human 
genetic and spiritually genetic inheritance of sin is now broken, and Jesus is born without the sin nature of a man. He is born with the the very nature of God, and and Mm. he was God from eternity before that. And and that is a subject for another time, but that, that is, as much of a nutshell as I can make it, the significance of the virgin birth is that it's, it's through the seed of the man that the, that the sinful inheritance is given, and so that is broken through yes. Jesus Christ, through the virgin birth. So that's the footnote. The side note is, here's an objection that people bring, Pastor Steve. Um, if this is the case, and Adam and Eve were, were presented with a choice and a command, why, didn't, why did God do that? Why, why didn't he just, just make it impossible for us to sin? What, what, <laughs> what, why didn't he just create us to be completely perfect and, and with no ability to, to actually sin or to disobey God, that we would just always obey God and always love him and, and never even have an inclination or desire to do the opposite? Why, why would he yeah. do that? Why would he do that? <laughs> Isn't God playing games? Is it, is, what is he doing? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, that sounds all good and dandy, but that's not, that's, that's not the human experience. If, if that's what you want, that's not the human experience. Of the two beings that God created, human and angelic, he gave both a choice, right? And, and here's the thing. Love is the supreme ethic of God, hmm. right? And love only means, only makes sense and has value in the context of, of choice, right? right? Uh, 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 otherwise, God could make us like that, but it wouldn't be love. It, it, it might be compliance, but it wouldn't be love. And so if the supreme ethic of God is love and God is love, then that which he creates um, in, in, in a desire to impute that to people, love has to have the ability to express itself through choice. Mm-hmm. And, and and so why did God make them that way? Because God wasn't making robots. God was making individuals made in his image to to have communion and fellowship with them. And so in that creation, he gave an opportunity and a choice so that love could have value and meaning. Otherwise, there's no such thing as love. Explain to me Love, that ethic of love without choice. Interesting. You can't. It doesn't have value outside of choice. God chose to love us, right? That choice demonstrates love, Mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, if I just make something, it can comply, but it can't love. Right. Now in our day, we are dealing with the ever-increasing reality of artificial intelligence and the ever-increasing um, concept of what is called transhumanism—it's like the 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 marrying of human and robotic, of the natural and the artificial—and so lines are being blurred. And and you've got to you've got to kind of like on one half you can see like how technology makes things so much easier, right? I mean, hey, turn on the microwave, you know, you know those kind of things. Now you can voice it. You can voice. You know, your TV to change a channel, you can, you know, search for a question. But also we're 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 blurring the lines between that. But if you if you get behind what art, artificial intelligence is, it's pre-programmed responses. And mm. it's pre-programmed responses that learns through the collection of information how to respond. And so it can seem more and more intuitive and more and more natural, but it is still at the base. Um, it, it's producing what's already been put in there. It's it's 
it's uh, it's input output, right? It's been programmed, mm-hmm. and and men and women are not that way. God made us in His image with the capacity to think and to reason and to have emotion, and also to to create thoughts and to create ideas. and And there is a distinction between um, that which is natural intelligence and that which is artificial intelligence. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you bring that up, Pastor Steve, because I think in our day and age when we just don't know what's real anymore, we can look at God's original intention for creating us with the capacity to choose and the capacity to love as making sure that everything is as true and as natural and as mm-hmm. honest as it can be, because nowadays we don't even understand anymore yeah. what what choice and love and all of those things are. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. All right, a little bit complex. Sorry about that, everybody. If uh, <laughs> if I kind of if I kind of lost yet, artificial and natural and, and uh, but, transhumanism and robotics. But you said something though, Keith, that I think, and it's another it's another difficulty that people have because a lot of times people say how, and, and we are we just kind of touched on this. How can a God of love allow these type of things? Right, how can right. a God, you know, and 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 here's the thing, going back to what we had said, you know, if 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 the supreme ethic of, of God is love. Then, then in extending that choice to people in honor of of that idea of love, mm-hmm. he by nature of that you have to accept the ability that people may choose not to love. That's right, right. And if people choose not to love, then is it is it right to turn back towards God and go, if you're a God of love, how can you allow that? Because what you're what what you're ultimately asking for is something that's not the human experience, right? And, right, and so right. in the same way that I have to have the right to love and to choose good and to love good, people have the also have to have the right in by virtue of that to to choose not to love. And mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day, it's not God's fault by for for creating this concept of love it's man's fault for choosing not to right. love god you right. can't turn around and blame god and say how could you allow this well wait a minute i gave you the very thing that you're asking for right. j- just the mere fact that you have the right to question god about that is an act of god's love cuz right. he's chosen to give you the right to choose not to acknowledge him or, or to acknowledge him and so you know it, it the whole idea of this keith is is that in the garden man chose to not exercise love towards God, and as a result, brought the human race into confinement mm. to sin. And Jesus is the one who set that human race free from that confinement. Yeah, I was sitting in a message uh, with Pastor Kevin Lund of Risen Life Church uh, that he gave um, August of last year. Actually, I have it written here in my Bible. And some of the notes that I took on uh, Genesis 1, where it talks about God creating us in his own image, some of the words that he uses is, is that God has made us to be creative. He has made us to be logical. Mm. He has made us to be relational. You know, again, you can't have a relationship with a robot. You can't have a That's relationship right. with your phone. You can't have a relationship with your car. I mean, we all kind of, in some ways, we we joke about having a relationship. We'll even speak of a car. We'll give a car a name and, you know, those kind of things. But the reality is, is you're not having the kind of relationship that we were created for 
both with God and with other humans. And and love, I, I love it, love is the supreme ethic of God. To be made in his image is to be made with the capacity to love. Yes. And with that capacity is the choice, and with that choice is the potential to not love. That's right, that's to, right. To do just the opposite. And so that right there is the, is the definition of sin, is that when presented with the choice to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself, we choose instead to reject that, to disobey God, to not love God, and to love ourself uh, above all things. That's right. And, and it's, it's also important to note, too, that, that there was a point at which sin entered the world, the created world. But that is not the first place that we see sin. Mm. We see sin expressed in the heavens, right? We see in Isaiah chapter 14, in Ezekiel 28, we see Lucifer really being the first one, if you would, the first being of God, if you will, in the heavens, right? Where, where, where he sinned, he actually had pride against God mm-hmm. and God as a result cast him down and then brought that, you know, to earth. But there was a specific point in time where sin entered the creation, the earth of God into humanity themselves, right? right? right. But, but we see, you know, and a lot of times people will say, you know, kind of in a, in a difficulty, well, if sin entered the world through Adam, then, then how is it that their sin existed? You know, well, right, right. R- remember, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. And so in regard to the earth and all that's created on it and Mm. the apple of God's eye with humanity, there was a point where sin entered that and corrupted what we see in Romans 8, corrupted the creation and subjected it to futility and it entered mankind. But as far as the heavens go, we do see an expression of rebellion against God in in Lucifer and him being thrown thrown down to earth. So, wow. Wow, that that is definitely mind blowing to think about the the implications, you know, the domino effect. Here is here is one who, in his heart, having been created by God for a purpose, he views God not as the object of worship and of glory to be given, but instead as as he views God the Eternal as one to become. Right, mm. and and when God rightly and justly, you know, deals with that then he in turn is looking for another way to get back mm. at God, to get even with God. And that's where where this story from Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent comes uh, to the woman and causes, um, you know, tempts her to disobey God, and her and Adam both disobey God. Now, when you look at Genesis chapter 3, you see the consequences given to Adam and to Eve. Uh, to the woman, I will multiply your pain and childbearing Uh, In pain you shall bring forth children, your desire shall be for your husband, he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you listened to the voice of your wife and ate of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns, thistles it shall bring forth for you, you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Several words, very consistent pain and curse. Hmm. Sin brings pain and a curse. Sin brings a lot of difficulty. And I think that's the one thing we can all relate to when Hmm. it comes to the matter of sin is 
there's a lot of pain in this world. Yeah, and watch how, if you read the book of Genesis, watch how it unfolds from innocence to complete uh, just, you know, uh, uh, destruction, right? right? You right. you have the first sin that enters into the world through Adam and Eve. And then right in the next chapter, what do you see? You see God even referencing to Cain, listen, there is sin lying at the at the door of your heart and its desire is for you but you shall master it. The great struggle, right right, right there. Right. Sin's there, and, and you don't see that prior to sin entering the world. Right. You see everything that God made was good, right? And so so whose fault is it? You asked at the beginning of the program. It's our fault, Keith, yes. because Cain cannot blame Adam and Eve, and, and, and he has to blame himself, mm. and God rightly puts consequences on Cain. And then you start going all the way through the book of Genesis and Exodus. You go through the Bible, and what you see is, is an expression of man's depravity getting so bad that at one point God says in the book of Genesis, I'm done. I I regret that I made man. And then Noah found grace in the Mm. eyes of the Lord. And Mm. so man had just perpetually gotten more wicked and grew in their wickedness. That is not Adam's fault. That is, that is the byproduct of, of the corruption of the heart. And then man expressing personally the corruption of that heart instead of choosing to love God. And you see it in a little child. You see it in a very innocent child, like from from very early age, a resistance against parental authority. You see uh, the kid's capacity before they have a language to express no, right, to express rebellion and disobedience. It's obvious, if we're all honest about this, that that there is an inherent sin problem Mm. that that separates us from a perfect and holy God and that has to be dealt with. And thank God that has been dealt with through the person of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and life. In this last remaining minute or so of the program, Pastor Stephen, I just want you to know that your sin problem has been dealt with in the person of Jesus Christ. When we decided to name this show Shouts of Grace, it's because that is the proclamation of the gospel. It's a message of grace that is loud and clear that although we have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God, although by nature we are at war, we are enemies of God, God, because his supreme ethic is love, initiated the reconciliation plan through his son, Jesus Christ, that his creation, humanity, whom he loves and made in his image, could have a relationship with him, that there is no longer a need for sin and the consequence of sin to stand in the way of a of a completely peaceful and joyful relationship with God. Jesus has bridged that gap. He is the mediator between God and man. He is the only way for us to have our sins forgiven and the penalty for our sin dealt with, buried, put to rest. That is the significance of his death on the cross, of his burial and his resurrection from the grave, is that just as he died, was buried, and rose again from the dead, so our old sinful life, our own sinful nature, could be crucified with Christ, buried once and for all, and we could be raised to newness of life. And so that's what we want you to know. We want you to believe. We want you to have the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. And to deal with the sin problem begins with a simple trust placed in the one and only Son of God, Jesus himself. So if we can help you with this, Visit shoutsofgraceradio.com. We would love to hear from you. Pastor Steve, 
This has been a great conversation. Awesome. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 